Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I hope everyone is having a wonderful day. Last time, we talked about Panaya and how she let her hurt influence her behavior. She allowed it to fester and pour out of her with the intention to hurt others like Hannah. The more I studied these two women, the more I realized how each bore a hurt, but in completely opposite ways. While Panaya harbored her hurts, letting it consume her, Hannah did just the opposite. She took her hurts to the one who could do something about them. She took them directly to the Lord. Let's set up her story by reading 1 Samuel verses 1 through 9. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Paniah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk, Now Eli, the priest, sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. As we read last week, Hannah was one of two wives. Not an ideal situation for sure, though she was the favored wife. Of course, in typical male fashion, Elkanah could not understand why she was upset over something that seemed trivial to him. So what if she couldn't have children? Wasn't his love for her better than if she had ten sons? Didn't he treat her well? Why should it matter if she had children or not. This is actually an important lesson for us. What may seem trivial to one person means much more to someone else. We need to be careful and sensitive to someone's hurts and weigh our words carefully. Yes, we are to be content with what we have, but that does not mean our desires just go away by flipping a switch, especially when they're natural. It is natural for a young girl to desire to be married. It is natural for a woman to desire children. So when someone shares their hurt, or you can see their hurt. Offer words of encouragement or maybe just a gentle squeeze to their hand to let them know you love them and you're thinking of them. Most of us know what the Bible says about waiting on the Lord. We know what it says about being complete in Christ and having all we need. Now don't get me wrong, there are times when we need to be shaken out of our pity party, but a wise woman knows the difference between a sincere hurt and someone who is just feeling sorry for themselves. I know, I say it often, but we are to be women of grace, compassion, and kindness. We are a reflection of God's love and mercy, and what better way to show it than to comfort a hurting heart? Sadly, even though Elkanah knew what the problem was, and even aware that her heart was grieved, he was still lacking in compassion as he tried to shake her out of her hurt. I pray that we will exercise wisdom the next time we notice someone who is hurting and look for a way we can be a minister of grace and compassion to them. Now, something that is interesting to point out is the fact that it is mentioned twice that it was the Lord who had shut up her womb. Hannah wanted a child, but the Lord had chosen not to let her have a child. I have often wondered why. What was the purpose behind her having to wait for a child? But you know, this denied desire did not push her away from God. Nowhere do you read 
that she is angry or bitter at God for not letting her have a child. In fact, her desire drives her to God, and I believe that is an important aspect in her story. God sometimes withholds something from us, places us in a situation where he is the only one we can turn to. Sadly, instead of doing that, when we have a deep-seated desire, especially one that is natural, and we see other people receive it, but we're being denied, we can become bitter, resentful, and angry. And usually these emotions are directed at God. And that is a dangerous place to be. I know that it is easier to give in to these negative feelings, but it will only serve to bring us down even more. The best thing we can do when our hearts are overwhelmed and our faith weakens is to do exactly what Hannah did. Run to God. That is literally what she did. Listen what happens in verses 10 and 11. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. While this is a very difficult moment in Hannah's life where her heart is breaking literally in two, it is also one of the most moving and beautiful moments as we listen to her words of raw vulnerability pour out. Hannah holds nothing back and is completely honest with the Lord. This is something that I absolutely love about her. So many times we are afraid to come before the Lord with our requests and emotions because we think he might be disappointed with how we are feeling or what we desire, but not Hannah. The truth is, he already knows how we feel and maybe he is just waiting for us to come to him like Hannah did. If you dig a little deeper into her words, it gets even more intriguing. The word bitterness means discontented, heavy, angry, Think about that. Hannah was expressing her discontentment. She wanted a child. She didn't want to be barren anymore. Now, before we condemn her and quote the words of Paul about whatsoever state we are to be in content, think about yourself for a moment and see if you have ever had any of the same feelings hidden inside your heart. I know that we've all had moments where we were discontent with our current situation or circumstances. And even though we may not have verbalized them, they were still there. Hannah came to God as she was. No false pretenses, and I commend her for that. There are other times in scripture, such as Moses, when he was very open with his emotions, and I love how God did not condemn them, but often worked through them. Sometimes we need to bring all of our ugly feelings to God so he can work in our heart, helping us move through them and refine us during the process. Perhaps God wants us to express them out loud so we can fully grasp how we are feeling and be in a place where we can deal with it. Because if we live in a state of denial, we will never be able to move forward. Another word Hannah uses is affliction, which means depression and misery. She asked God to look upon the affliction of his handmaid. Again, Hannah is merely being honest in how she feels and has laid it at the feet of the one who can help her with it all. This is truly to her credit. Consider how often we go to God with these things. Most of us would have to admit that we go more to our friends with our grumblings and complaints than to God. We would rather spend time expressing our disappointments to each other than to do what Hannah did. 
Go to the one who can change them. Hannah knew it was God who had denied her greatest desire, and it was God alone who could give it to her. When she is confronted by Eli the priest, she will also use the word sorrowful, which means grievous, heavy. Again, words of agony and deep hurt. In the life of Paniah, we saw a woman who was also deeply hurt, miserable, and even angry. But instead of reacting as she did, Hannah gives us a beautiful example of what to do. Simply take it to God. I have to say that while Ruth will always be my absolute favorite character in the Bible, Hannah is a close second. And I think it's because of this scene. She is so relatable because her prayer is about an unfulfilled desire. It's not about a life decision. It is not about deliverance from an enemy or healing for a loved one. It was about a want. I think this is one aspect that has always intrigued me about her story. I grew up hearing pastors say that you need to pray if it be God's will, which is the principle taken from James 4, verses 13 through 15, which says, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live or do this or that. The key phrase was, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. People could have told her that it was God's will for her not to have children, at least not at this time, and she should just be content. But Hannah seems to go against this completely. She goes before God and asks for a child. She makes her request known. Her petition is spoken. She asked God to remember her, to think upon her. And I love this about Hannah. She came to the Lord unafraid to ask him for a desire, while at the same time doing something amazing. She vows a vow. She makes a promise that if God would grant her a child, specifically a son, she would give him back. Think about that. She is promising the future of her son to God. He would have no say in the matter at all. There is also a diligence that will be required of Hannah regarding this promise as well. It means that she has the responsibility to instill a deep love for God inside his heart so that he will be ready to submit to this calling she has placed upon him. Before he would ever be born, his life's path was already determined. This lends power to the phrase, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world and emphasizes the influence a mother can have upon her children, good or bad. This is also something that we see throughout the Bible as well as history, as a child's chosen path can often be traced back to their mother's teaching. Someone said that Israel was at a point when they were in need of a good leader, someone who could guide them back to the Lord to birth a spiritual awakening. And because of Hannah's deep desire to have a child and her promise to give him back to the Lord, Israel would receive such a man, a man whose life and character would forever bear the mark of Hannah's influence. And one last point I want to make out of Hannah's story is from verse 15, where she responds to Eli's accusation of being drunk. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. The word poured means to spill forth, to sprawl out. And every time I read that, I think about the scene where Israel is in a desperate situation with their enemies surrounding them on all sides, and there's pressure to accept the written terms of surrender from the leader. 
King Hezekiah takes this letter and lays it before the Lord. He literally sprawls it out on the floor and prays over it. In my mind, this is what Hannah is doing with her words, her sorrows and her feelings. She has poured them out before the Lord. She has poured out her entire soul, emptied it before his presence. And I love this because it is what we are all to do. God invites us into his presence to cast out every care, every burden, every sorrow, every hurt, and every broken dream. Why? Because he alone can bear it. He alone can do something about it. He alone can heal and restore. I am amazed in my own life how often I want to do it myself. I want to hold on to my hurts, my broken dreams, my disappointments, griefs, and sorrows instead of taking them to God. How much do we forfeit when we try to hold on to it all ourselves? Hannah held the shattered pieces of her heart in her hands and brought them all to God who lovingly took them and made something amazing out of them. He granted her the greatest longing of her heart and soon her empty arms were holding a precious little boy. Little Samuel would be the greatest judge Israel had ever known. Oh, my friends, if we could learn to be as honest and open with God as Hannah was, we may enjoy the same wonderful joy she did, the joy of answered prayer, the joy of giving our hurts to God and receiving his peace that all will be well, and the joy of a heart that is healed. Hannah received it all because she did not harbor anything inside, but took it all to God. I love reading the verse after Eli had blessed her regarding her petition. Listen in verse 18, and she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. These are beautiful words. She went her way, free from the burdens she had carried to the temple. She was now able to eat because the sorrow was gone, replaced by hope in God's goodness. And she was no longer sad because she had cried unto the Lord, and he had heard her. And this can be true for us if we just bring it to God. We were not meant to carry such a load. We were never meant to be weary. That's why Jesus invites us to come to him, to bring our heavy burdens before him so he can give us a lighter one. What burdens are you trying to carry alone? What sorrows are gripping your heart, making it impossible to eat or even breathe? What hurts are trying to pull you down into despair? Did you know that by trying to avoid the hurts, by burying them deep inside of yourself, you will only do more damage. I read this in a book recently and was amazed at just how fitting it was for today. If we avoid the hurt, the hurt creates a void in us. It slowly kills the potential for our hearts to fully feel, fully connect, fully love again. It even steals the best in our relationship with God. Let those words sink in and think about Paniah. She let the hurt create a void and it only served to make her bitter and angry, but not Hannah. You see, hurts are not a bad thing. They are a part of life, but what we do with them matters. Like we talked about last week, Hannah was open with God. She took him her hurts, admitting that they were there and very real. She poured them out before him. She sprawled them at his feet and asked him to grant her petition. She asked 
for a son. And in verse 20, we read, Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Samuel would forever be linked to his mother's prayer. Every time his name was called, it told people where he came from. He was from the Lord because his mother asked for him. And that is where we will end for today. There is more to unpack with Hannah's story, but I am out of time, so we will pick up next week. I pray you have a wonderful week, my friends, and that you will follow Hannah's example and take your heartaches, burdens, fears, questions, desires, and hurts to the Lord. Pour them out in the quiet place and let him give you peace, comfort, and healing in exchange. Remember that he loves you with an everlasting love and all that he does is for your good, even the hurts and the denied desires. Mm -hmm.